Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Another week, another loss. Seems to be the story of our season so far. I'm I'm joined by Matt. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too good, mate. Uh, the Larks lost uh, really took a toll on me, especially. Mm. Yeah, almost as bad as Brisbane, I reckon. Almost mm. as bad as Brisbane. I reckon Brisbane's one stung a little bit more, but six game, six games in, six losses. The only team not to trouble the scorers, in the sense that they ladder. Um, yeah, I think the fact that we lost six in a row makes this one worse. I think the Broncos game was a worse game. Um, but, yeah, this this loss really, really has taken a toll this week. Mm. Well, might as well get straight into it, because the only news this week is Jack Heverington, which relates straight back to our Bulldogs and Cowboys game, which we're going to talk about next, will be out for five matches due to the high tackle on Valentine Holmes. Any thoughts on the high tackle? Harsh? Was it fair? What, what uh, watching the game, I thought... It was a bit harsh that it was a send-off. As soon as I saw it happened, I was like, that's that's a Sidbin. Um And based off what's happened recently, I, I do think it was pretty harsh that he was sent off for it. Uh, but then after the heat of the battle uh, went away, and you look at it on replays a couple of days later, I think the referee's got the decision correct that it's pretty much a coat, or it's a coat hanger, and it should be a send-off. Tackles like that in the 80s were send-offs. And that was a tougher, ooh, not a tougher era, but you know what I mean by that. It was a little bit more legal. You got away with a little bit more back then, but those type of tackles in the 80s were send-offs. So I think the decision is correct. Um, the most concerning thing for Jack Everington, it's probably not the first time anybody that's listening to this has heard this, um, or maybe one or two, but... If you're a footy fan, you know that Jack Everington, I think I heard the stat, has played 29 NRL games. He has been suspended for 10 of those, for 10 games, out of the <laughs> out of a career of 29 games, and he's another five. Mm, yeah. I must say, when I watched it live, I knew it straight away he was off. I knew it straight away. See, the rule I work with, if it's a deliberate attack on the head, it's a send-off. It was lazy. Valentine Holmes stepped in. I must give credit to Ashley Clark. I'd say I don't think it's deliberate. I don't think he deliberately went to coat hanging room. Oh, um, I, I, but, think, yeah. I think he was he was down there to put a shot on, and he yeah. got stepped. And then he put his arm out as a last reaction, but careless, and stupid, him. and coat hanging him. It was careless, stupid. He put his arm there. The only end result was Valentine Holmes getting on the ground after being hit in the head. Credit to the referee. I said this a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, for those who listen to the one after the Panthers and saying Dallin shouldn't have been sin-binned. I said never let an injury dictate the punishment. And Valentine Holmes was fine. He continued to play after the the uh, incident, which is fine. I've got nothing wrong with that at all. He got straight up to his feet anyway. Yeah. I think he wanted to continue on his run <laughs> through the gap after he got hit in the head, which is fine. I'm never one who lets the injury dictate the punishment. The punishment is on what it is, and that's why I saw it very, very... I saw it live and said he'll be sent off, and I'd be very disappointed the referee didn't have it in him to send him off. 
The only defense I could think for the Bulldogs, which they didn't defend anyway because he took the only guilty plea because he's facing six matches, was the Latrell Mitchell incident against David Nofaluma. A deliberate the elbow. to the head. <laughs> yeah, it was a deliberate attack on a head, on the head, yeah. after he kicked the ball. And it was quite late as well. To me, that was a worse, probably a worse uh, incident for the round. But anyway, that's the only thing. And when people ask for consistency and stuff, that is a send-off. Like, that should have been yeah. send-off. It was send-off. So as much as I like to defend our players, yeah, I, you can't defend that one. <laughs> I will say that Latroyal probably deserved to be send-off, but he deserved to cop a uh, uh, meeting at the judiciary. For those couple of things, there, there was very little force in the karate chop to the head. Uh, the kicker was well. I think I think that was worse to be honest. The kick on Luke Gardner, even though it missed, um, that's like funny. you know, if that hit, the intent there is terrible. That I thought should have been a silver. But we're moving a bit away from the dogs there. <laughs> yeah. So North Queensland Cowboys thirty defeat the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs eighteen in front of a crowd of eleven thousand nine hundred and sixty five people at Queensland Bank Stadium. QCB Queensland Stadium. Country, Queen, Queensland Country Bank Stadium, my apologies. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get QCB into the rugby league for like, yeah. QCB Stadium sounds a lot okay. better. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. So uh funny thing is I don't know if anyone still watches Channel Nine, I have flicked through it the other day before the game and they were doing the footy show there and they called it the SFS Stadium, North Queensland. Funny fact. I, I was looking at it and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I, watch, I watch Channel Line four times a year. Yeah. Origin Free State of Origins of the Grand Final. Yeah. So anyway, North Queensland Cowboys 30, Bulldogs 18 again, like I said in the intro. Another week, another loss. A match that should have been won. Uh, we've already covered the fact that Jack Harrington was sent off. That was not an impact by any stretch. It actually wasn't actually a negative impact to the Cowboys because that's when the Bulldogs looked like they were ready to play. To me, the game looked like two bottom-of-the-table teams head-to-head, exactly what, it, exactly what it was set up as on the ladder. They both looked poor. They both were extremely poor. I'd say Cowboys play against anyone they've lost. They were just luck the way they played. They were lucky they were versing Bulldogs because, my goodness gracious, I reckon at halftime it could have easily been, if we were versing a, a stronger side, top eight team, 30 points at halftime because Cowboys had a lot of possession, a lot yeah. of things, but they just didn't. Well, halftime it was six all, but that first half, that was the worst game of, the worst first half of football I've seen since the Broncos game only yeah. a couple of weeks earlier. It's. Um, yeah. The Broncos game, I think, that first half only just tips it as worse. Uh, but, yeah, look, and then the 20 minutes after halftime, that was the 20 minutes that killed me, though. Um, they just weren't marking up. You don't want to say players aren't trying and, and all that sort of thing, but it, it, it seemed that way. Well, didn't it? The first 20 minutes was just was terrible football. And then mm. you're right. Every, a lot of people have said it this way. As soon as the send-off happened, the Bulldogs clicked into gear. What was it, 24-6 at the time? Yeah. And they ended up to, losing yeah. 30 points to 18. Scored more points with 12 on the field than 13. Uh, like, you know, there's all the discussion about, oh, the send-off and being behind by 18 points freed them up to play better football and they need to find a way to play that way um, all the time. But... 
I'll tell you what, I almost think Trent Barrett needs to do what Kevin Walters did a uh, fortnight ago, where before they ran out onto the field, he gave like a half-time speech. Where yeah, he just right. completely ripped into him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to go out into into the kickoff. Um feeling like we're twenty four six down with twenty minutes to go and play eighty minutes straight like that. Um and the other sad thing is it seems like and we're not we're not a good team at the moment, but it seems like we're getting ourselves up for the good teams. The bigger teams, yeah. We play better football. Well, it seems to me that we play better football against Melbourne and South Sydney than we have against Brisbane and North Queensland. Uh, Melbourne and South Sydney probably finished top four this year. Brisbane and North Queensland finished bottom four this year. Uh, And, like, you want the team to be playing at its best of its ability week in, week out. So I'm not saying don't try against the good teams. Um, But you want to see that sort of effort that we had against Melbourne against the Cowboys. And if we did, if we played that 80 minutes uh, against the Cowboys, we'd probably win by 6 or 12. Mm. No, so. I agree. I agree. I must actually pull out a, a, situ- uh, uh, a, a moment in the game when uh, Condon scored for the North Queensland Cowboys in the 52nd minute. I actually haven't seen an individually worse defense set up than Will Hopawadi. He ran completely away from where, where the ball was going. I have no idea where he was going to. And let him go straight through. And I don't think that was spoken about enough. That yeah. that was a very poor defensive read. And uh, I th- I I think it's time that Trent Barrett does the Ricky Stewart and puts players on notice. Uh, he's dropped Ophiki Ogden this week. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but how is that putting a rocket up them? Like you dropping someone who's barely played much top grade. I think it's a tough call needs to be made. And dropping people like Napa and Hopper will send a message through the team that it doesn't matter what your yeah. status is. What you've played international footy, you've played well. Both of them have played Origin. Will Hopawadi for New South Wales and thing, uh, for uh, Dylan Napa for Queensland, and then you've got Will Hopawadi playing for Tonga, being a part of that Tongan side that did something special. We know he's a good player. He is a good player, yeah. but at the moment he's not performing well. And it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens after round eight or round ten or whatever it is when you're allowed to use your reserve grade players freely yes. in the top grade. Because I wonder if it's a salary cap thing, if we're being forced to have certain players in our team because top 30 this and top 30 that, that sort of thing. But, yeah, I'm not right. 100% across that. I'm just saying I wonder if that's playing into it. Um, Hobble Whitey butchered a good line break too by running back into the defense with Nick Cotring unmarked. Yeah, that was, was another man. That was really bad. Like, well, it was twenty four eighteen at that time. Yeah, and we had all the, all the moments about our way. Uh, two on one overlap with about twenty meters of space to work with, and he ran in the opposite direction. That was really, really. Even the commentators were like, "What is he doing there?" Uh, yeah. Type thing. Look, I don't really want to pick out oh. individual players for negativity. Uh, Red off a Tony had some brain slaps during that game. Not to mention, I think the first set. <laughs> Straight away, off the kickoff. I kick think he, thought, some... he thought he was a halfback and Flanagan was... Was it Flanagan? Uh, I think he passed a Flanagan in a prop forward position or something. Uh, if it wasn't Flanagan, it was uh, Katoa or Avarillo. I'm not 100% sure, but you, you know what I mean. Like, what's going yeah, yeah. on there? First set, second hit up. That didn't give us a good message, did it? Like, you know, when, you, you know, yeah. when, they t- when the coaches talk about important starts, you kind of can see matches when... You know, when you kick the ball out of the full, off the kickoff, 
That doesn't tend, it tends to start a bad afternoon of footy. Yeah. And dropping the ball in the first set. Yeah. And making a handling error because your prop thinks he's a halfback. That also doesn't send a good message. Uh, I think both teams, honestly, I think Cowboys got go, thank God we're versing Bulldogs. Because we play like that against anyone, against any week, we lose. And we yeah. probably lose comfortably. And I think the Bulldogs go, thank God we're versing the Cowboys. Yeah. If we play like that against anyone, we lose by 40. <laughs> Not 12. Yeah, and that's an embarrassing thing. I think both of them say, "Thank God we're versing them," because it could have been worse. Look, we uh, need we need to fix our forward pack. Yes, that's the that's the thing at the moment. We just don't ha- we don't win the ruck. No, and uh, that's what's killing us at the moment. Um, the backs aren't too bad. There's some skill there. There's some talent. There's some potential, but they don't get to play. No, really. Um, so anyway, uh, which is which surprised me that we'll link to Brent Layden uh, yeah. this week. Um, I mean, that's a replacement for Hopewati. If the what you're yeah. hearing is true, if the players yeah. have been told, most of them told them they're not wanted. Yeah. Next season, look, that's fine. I just want to see a bit of a focus on the front row. Yeah. I feel, I feel like our recruitment in even recent years has all been backs and second rowers, but we need. We need someone to help Luke Thompson. Yeah, we need, yeah. No one seemed to be delivering. Uh, and the one player that uh, probably could help Luke Thompson and follow Luke Thompson into battle has just got a five-week suspension. So yeah, if he's having a, he's putting himself in a situation where he, he won't be able to be on a salary cap because yeah. we won't, no one will have faith in him actually staying on the field, which is unfortunate. Hopefully he can turn it around. Some players have turned it around before, so we'll back him to do that. He's definitely a talent. I think we need to move towards the positives, of which there was not many, but... Um, I've got one. <laughs> let's go. Massive congratulations to Tui Katoa, scoring his first NRL try on the weekend against the Cowboys. Yeah. Goodness gracious, he got close to about two or three times against Melbourne Storm, and I, I reckon if it was any other night, Tui probably would have grabbed a double against Melbourne that night. But just because it was the Melbourne Storm, you know how good they are at closing the gaps. But he got the try he deserved. I thought he really deserved one uh, yeah. for his efforts. I actually think he's been pretty solid about being great. You know, he's doing his own. He's, yeah, I think great. he's going well. Um, the other two try scorers are, are, are positive stories in themselves as well. Uh, Kyle Flanagan, first try in Bulldogs Colours. Yep. Congratulations. And Rodolfo right Tony scored a try in the 12th minute after having that terrible start. So he picked himself up and turned it around. Although after that, I think he made a few few more. Uh, yeah, yeah and some bad decisions throughout the game. Fun. But it's good to see him get across. Fun for, I think it's his second try. Yeah, second try. Both of them against North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah. He scored the first one in last year, before the uh, first game with no uh, crowds. He scored his first NRL try. And then he goes up against Cowboys. He says, why can't we vest them every week? He'll be a leading try scorer if he did. Well, if we lose to them every week. <laughs> he still gets one. I could watch that. <laughs> yeah. Fair Great. enough. Tell you what. Anyway, um, other positives would have to come down to our Player of the Week awards, Scotty. Yes. Uh, two and one. And I think there's, well, you said there was only two options and we've split the two in the opposite direction. I think last week we agreed completely. Yes, we this did. week we picked the same two players, but in opposite numbers. So why don't you go ahead and announce it? Okay, so we've both picked. I picked Luke Thompson for one point. You've picked him for two points, yep. and I've picked Dallin Watt and Azel Lesniak for two points, and you picked him for one. So, so they both get uh, four points. Yeah, they both the get bonus points there. 
So that puts them both in equal first at nine points. Uh, Nick Mady in second <laughs> in six points. Uh, and Nick Kotrick, uh tied third with Kyle Flanagan and Jack Everington. Uh, you said there's off-air, Scott, but we're going to say it on-air too. It's a bit disappointing. Dallin Mottelli, so Lezinac's missed two games with a suspension. Luke Thompson has only played two games. They're the two leaders. Uh, Nick Meadey's got busted ribs at the moment, although he has been landed on the reserve list this week. Um, Contract's been there all year. Flanagan's been there all year, but then uh, Everton, who's tied in that position as well, is now got a five-game suspension. So, mm. Yeah. Uh, I want to go in the... Po- the positives. You just we went positive and then you went but you shifted to negative. Like look at Dallin. Two hundred and thirty six run meters, eighty four post contact meters, seven tackle breaks, getting the sets off to a good start. I think once Nick Mini returns, I think Dallin is gonna keep the number one. He looks threatening. He's running back big and strong like we know he can. We all knew he was a good player. He had a very poor season to his standards last year and he was the first person to admit that his season wasn't great last year. This year he's gone back to fullback. Mm. Only for two games, but look at these meters. I think it's helped him, though. One of his biggest problems last year was running sideways too much. Yes. Yes, um, agreed. And I think he did that a little bit this year, too, when he played those couple of games on the wing. But as soon as he's gone to fullback, he's got that um, that sort of charging ram type of run straight straight forward and from the middle of the field. So I think it's helped his game. How often does he push people back when he does it, when he runs that hard? and he, It's almost like... Uh, what? getting someone like a Luke Thompson at that speed, the way he runs, just that size, and he just pushes players back. Like, he can put go into a three-man tackle and he gets two people backwards in the tackle and he wins the tackle, which... Yeah, it's, it's a real... I, I like it. A real rare big run. I think I've got to call him the Ram from now yeah, on. The Ram. And then what about Luke Thompson? Back for his second game. Like yeah. we said, no, pre, no pre-season trials or anything no. for Lukey Thompson. Uh, 16 runs, just 148 metres. Just another day at the office for him, isn't it? Four tackle breaks, 37, tackle, 37 yeah. tackles. He's dangerous when he runs. Uh, He'll get better uh, as well. But look, he, he changed the game as well. Um, people say LeBron's got better after the send-off of Jack Everington. I sort of disagree. Jack Everington was sent off with uh, 25 minutes remaining. Um, Luke Thompson came on with 20 to go. And that's where we saw the difference. Mm. He yeah, made back the back of his second half. Second stint, I, yeah. I think his first stint wasn't as great as a, as his first stint last week, um, which is pretty high standard. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's got to do with the fact that he started that lock. I was going to uh, say that. I think it does. Something like that. He's come back in, the, in that second period and just went uh, just went back to the form of the previous week. Is interesting, Scotty. I'm sure we'll get to the team list for this week in a second, but three games and three different jersey numbers for Luke Thompson. Yeah, there you go. I didn't actually think of that, but now you say that, yeah, he's shifted. He started at eight and then on the bench and then yeah, 13, played, eight, played off the bench. Eight, played uh, number eight off the bench and then yeah. 13 last week and name 10 this week. Quick one, controversial one, before we move on, just going with the Bulldogs and Cowboys game. The no try to Nick Kotrick. Bring some interesting... Uh, I've heard it said either way. Was he offside? Was he not offside? It probably doesn't matter too much because Will Hopawati pushed someone in the back without the ball, which yeah. would have stopped the try anyway. So it would have been a penalty anyway. I don't know how it was offside. It looked pretty onside. Oh, yeah. I have to disagree. I thought I saw it live and I thought he was offside. I watched one replay and I straight away I put my hands in my face yeah. like, are you serious? Like I conceded the fact that he was offside. 
I couldn't see. Away. I couldn't see how he was offside. No, I, I don't know. I, I saw it. I watched it live and I was like, "Ooh, I think he's offside." And when I saw it after one look, I yeah. put my hands in my head like I was like, already considered the fact that it was offside after one look. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. Maybe I got swept away with the emotion of that would have that conversion after that try would have leveled the game. Yeah. Uh, commentators were being swept away with the emotion as well. Maybe if I looked at it again, maybe I'd see what you I, saw. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I was thinking maybe I was because of how close we get. And then I'm like, are you kidding? This is going to be the thing that breaks yeah. us. Maybe I'm saying it the other way. You're being too negative like, trying to get Yeah. <laughs> That's because I was uh, watching it and I've, you know, there's always those blue and white fans out there and it's fun. We can say that we're as impartial as we can, but we're obviously going to favor them or go against them harsher sometimes. Especially during the game. Yeah, especially during the game. Then I watched, I watched it live, and I was like, "Oh, that's tight." I thought that's tight. Looked at one replay, and then I just walked off, like just walking off from the TV for just for a second, and then was like, just conceded the feet there. Came back, and then I saw Hop Whitey's hands. I was like, "Oh God, we're not going to get anyway. We might get away with that." And then saw the push, and I was like, "What? Something's going to be done." So it didn't matter anyway. Like the grand scheme of things, it didn't really matter because the penalty yeah. would have been awarded to Cowboys. It's just who do you want to blame? Because Nick Kotrick got the blame for that one because that offence happened first. Like you said, we're moving on. This Saturday night, 5.30 kickoff against the Cronulla Sharks at Nachtrata Jubilee Stadium. Uh, first first before we run through the team list, or you run through the team list, that's your type of thing for the show. Can we win? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Despite everything that we've said... Uh, <laughs> this whole episode, I think we could win this week. I was thinking about it the other night, last night I think it was. The season we're having, this is the type of game we're going to win. We're not going to be able to beat the, for our first win I should say, not, not being able to beat the bottom sellers. The top four to six teams are too good for us. It'd be that those teams that are stuck in the 6th to 12th range um, that we will jag a will off. That's who, where our first win will come across. And I was just having that thought the other night. Had a quick look at who we'll play this week. Sharks, they're a bit off. The pl- there's reports that the players aren't happy with the way uh, John Bomber Morris was, was dealt with. I don't like that. Um, okay. Uh, Chad... <laughs> Chad Townsend uh, reportedly announcing that he's signing the Cowboys today. Oh, done, done. It has happened. There done, you go. Done, yeah. done, done. Um, like you know, it seems to be falling apart before the new coach comes in and re changes that roster straight away. So I, I could see the Sharks dip this year uh, throughout the rest of the season um, with the interim coach, uh, the first ever interim coach to have interim coach experience. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, no, we had one. Steve Georgialis. Oh, we did Panthers. have Steve Georgialis. That's true. Panthers a couple yeah, of games, but a very long stint. Yeah. Uh, Hannah um, did it two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, you know what I mean. It's the type of game. I'm not going to say we're going to beat the Sharks this week, but I'm saying the way the season's gone, our first win is probably more than likely going to come against a team between a 6 to 12 spot than it is a bottom team or a top team. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll get up for this game, like we did against Melbourne and Souths, and they're not as good as Melbourne and Souths, and they've had some issues. Maybe that would be enough. Can I add something? Two things I want to add to this. So, first of all, with the, you talked to you about uh, John Morris leaving and the players are being filthy. Tell you one thing. Chad Townsend is a Cronulla Sharks junior. Chad Townsend was a Sharks tragic. 
there's photos that he shared over social media of him getting his things signed by Andrew Heddinghausen and all the Sharks legends. He's been a Sharks fan his entire life. Yes, he's played the Warriors and came back to Cronulla. Chad Townsend had a player option in his contract for another two years at Cronulla. He started a beer company in Cronulla. So to add to your point, Chad Townsend's Sharks through and through, and he's had enough. Well, that beer company is called Cronulla Cronulla. Beer Company. Yeah. That's the actual name. And and the colors are light blue, black, and white. Yeah. So he's a Sharks man through and through. If there's Cronulla Sharks and a player who breathes it, it's Chad Townsend. Yeah, he only only left the Warriors to become a first grader and come back. Yes, exactly. I Put your opinions aside for him. You either love him or you don't for some reason. That's nor here nor there, my point I'm trying to make. It's the fact that he is Sharks through and through. And after this, he had a player option in his side. It wasn't the club's option. The club yeah. can try to sell him, but he could say, ha, I'm taking my two years. And I'm staying here. Yeah, I think it was one year, but yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. But he yeah. is through and through and gone. So that's adding to your point. Number two, no former Bulldog, Aiden Tolman. I think he's been really well for the interchange match. I think he's looking good for Cronulla. I don't know if Aiden's done a crusher tackle to have the week off. Catch up with a few of the boys, maybe? I don't know. I'm just kidding. But I actually think the way they've been rolling through their um, their forwards, I've been watching them this year, uh, I think Adam Tolman has been an exceptional player off the bench for him, and he's doing some really good stuff. He's always constantly making over 100 metres plus in just over 40 minutes. So he's mm. been very consistent for the Sharks, holding the prop stuff. So I think it's a big loss. However, Sean Johnson for the Sharks returns. So, the Off the bench, bench, though. So how's that going to work? That's, I don't know. That, that could work in our favour as well. Who or knows? against us. No, I mean, against... The one other fact, Scott, is that we've already beaten the Sharks at the stadium this year. A trial, yes. So yeah. <laughs> maybe it's all starting to line up. We've got a few changes in our side yeah, this let's week. Go for, let's so go. I want you to run through it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. At uh, fullback, it's Dowell Watanay-Zalesiak, uh, Nick Kotrick, uh which is the way the commentators are starting to pronounce it now with a Q sound at the end. Nick Kotrick. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's asked for that. Uh, not Kotrick. Kotrick. Uh, Tui Katoa on the other wing. Will Hopawati, Corey Allen uh, in the centres again. Jake Avarillo and Kyle Flanning in the halves. Up front, Dylan Larpa and Luke Thompson with Sione Katoa as the hooker. Second row, Adam Elliott, Chris Smith. Corey Waddell comes the third lock in three weeks. And then the interchange bench. Bradley Dietz is promoted. Uh, Runoff Atomi back to the bench. Ava Sinamana Fungi has been named for the first time. And Matt Dury also named for the first time this year. The reserve list is now Lachlan Lewis, Joe Stimson, Nick Mealy, and off to Hickey Ogden. First of all, I must say it's great to see Ava Sinamana Fungi come into the side. Uh, yeah, hopefully he can become one of those forward leaders. I think we spoke about this before. He's got the size. Hopefully he can build up some fitness and be one of the leaders. Yeah, I, I like him. I saw him in the trial. I actually love the way he spoke and tackles and stuff like that. He was the first prop to come on. Uh, he signed the top 30, then he was out for two weeks with a hamstring injury. Came back last week for the Mounties. Superstar performance, by the way. Superstar. Only 44 minutes, and he's made 170-plus metres in 14 runs. Outstanding. Uh, you so you had to pick him. I don't know if uh, 
if Trent Barrett, I know the game was on the same time, so Trent Barrett obviously couldn't be at the Mounties, despite Fox Sports trying to say earlier in some years, Trent Barrett will be watching this one closely when these teams are about to play in somewhere else. Uh, anyway, he'll still watch it closely. The club oh, will have the whole game recorded. He'd be dissecting it on oh, Sunday yeah. oh, on Monday. I don't know, because usually Ford, who that stature, he's played a lot of top-grade games, over 100 NRL games, and obviously playing in the Super League as well. 44 minutes. I actually looked at that. I was all quite surprised. I don't know if he said get through like 40, 50 minutes and pull him because he might be in top-grade next week, like having the thought if he could pull through that game in that much time, that he's he's guaranteed top-grade no matter what happens because mm. he's been playing really well, really well for the Mounties. Very glad that he's been promoted to the top 30 so we can use him. So congratulations to Ava. Bradley Dietz, how good. He played well in the trial against Cronulla. I don't think he would have... I don't think he played as well as he wanted to against Newcastle this year in saying that he had to go off for a HIA. So, yeah. no. Obviously, because he did well in that trial, it brought him back for yeah. this game. Yeah, Jackson uh, Jackson, to Jackson Topany or... Uh, suffering the bone bruising, so he's out for two weeks. Uh, yeah, just a quick apology. We've been saying Topile. Yeah. Uh, this whole this whole season. It's uh, obviously Topany. Topany, yeah. So we, yeah, sorry for that as well. I'd like to apologise for that. But yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding. He's been so close to getting a point almost every game. What he's been doing off the interchange bench. So big loss, but I don't know. Good to see Deets there. Matt Dury. What a season he had last year in five games. <laughs> so good to see yeah. him back. So I, I don't know. It's some good changes. I'm not too sure about Corey Waddell at lock when there's Adam Elliott right there. Yeah, well, maybe a late change. Who knows? Yeah, that's. I'll just try to decide with the change, but I don't know. I hope we win. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're at. Look, one of our positives early this earlier in this episode was players scoring their first tries for a debut for the career or for the club. Oh, yeah. Once, once that become that starts becoming a big highlight, you know your club's in some trouble. Yeah, Nick Meany named on the reserves. Is he going to come in? You reckon? I reckon he's going to come in. No, I reckon I'll hold him off a week. I reckon they've put him there just to see if they could, but I reckon they might just hold him off another week. And it's good to see, obviously, uh, Lachlan Norse on the reserve list, meaning he's fit and healthy to go. Mm. So he's passed all his return to play type of stuff, which is enormous. Don't think he will play at all for the uh, Bulldogs. Be interesting to see if he's actually going to be there as the uh, 18th man because you've got to rotate through them. Or if he will be... He's not officially named for the Mounties, but if he's going to line up for the Mounties this week as a late change. It's just good to see him back from that awful yeah. HIA, that awful head knock he got. So that's awesome to see. Yeah, it's pretty dull in the sense of that. can we actually win? <laughs> All right, I think we need to move on. Yeah, lower grade watch. Uh, SG Ball, uh, the elimination final. Unfortunately, the boys went down 44-10 against the Raiders. So the SG Ball season officially comes to the comes to an end. Uh, they kind of dropped off a bit at the end of the season. They were flying high and then they dropped down of the ladder. So not a good finish. Uh, the Jersey Flag boys got a good win over the Roosters, uh, 40 points to 16 in round seven. They'll versus the Sharks at Nat Strata Jubilee Stadium at th 3 or 5 p.m. The Mounties on the weekend got a good win, 32-12 over the North Sydney Bears. Uh, the Mounties will also play Saturday afternoon at Henson Park, 3 p.m. So there's a lot of... Uh, 
Bulldog Sharks type of thing going on. So they've got the jersey flag at three or five this weekend. So you've got a double header of jersey flag and NRL, which I think makes you happier if you're going to the game to see Bulldog Sharks, Bulldog Sharks double double up. But yeah, yeah you're also first, at the... first year I wanted that. Yeah, <laughs> and then now... I'm all about New South Wales Cup, but yeah, anyway. And then now the New South Wales Cup will be playing at Henson Park uh, this week of the this week, sorry, at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So there's going to be a lot for the social media guys at the both teams to c- try to follow through and see if they can post the results. But yes, that's what they're doing this week. That means we go on to Old Dog, our final segment of the show. I've picked someone that you will never guess. And I've done this because we're versing the Sharks, right? And the Sharks are affiliated with Newtown. Mm. Therefore, can I find an old Newtown player who played for Canterbury? <laughs> you got anyone? No. It's more recent than you think. I'll tell you that much. Ah, uh, it's Greg Eastwood. It is Greg Eastwood. I put it at Greg Eastwood. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, Newtown top first grade. Yes, I know, but Greg Eastwood, uh, back-to-back premierships in the South Cup for Canterbury Newtown. He defeated Newtown and then went there. Uh 241 NRL games in it. Uh, 177 of those were for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. He scored 30 tries for us and the Brisbane Broncos. He, it was a weird one playing for Brisbane. You could play almost anywhere in the team. Second row, center, prop, just do it all. Wing. When he was younger, wing, yeah. Then he went to the Super League very young. Everyone, Greg Eastwood burst onto the scene and everyone was like, this guy is good. Then off to Leeds. And I remember a lot of disappointment around that. Then he had something wrong was it with his visa going over there. And then he found a home at the Bulldogs for half a year, then went back there and then came back to Bulldogs again. So, so he was, feels like a Bulldog. He got to win that New South Cup grand final, which he uh, held with a lot of pride. And then he did, went on to do it again the following year with Newtown Jets. Hence, I picked him as my link. I tried to do a very loose link this week with uh, Greg Eastwood, but... Favourite memory, that try against North Queensland Cowboys, eh? At Belmore Sports Ground? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try against South Sydney at Stadium Australia? Mm. He got tried him. He was just a fan favourite. Lovely bloke as well. When it comes to members' days, what a he was an absolute legend. Don't think he... Uh, I mean, I know he's only recently into retirement, uh, but I don't think he gets the reps he deserves. I think he played in a very good era. He came... In, in 2009, he was a part of the 2012 and 14 Grand Finals. So, part of a very successful fan favourite. His roles changed a lot in his time, like you said, playing wing mm. at one stage, then centre, then you know, second row lock, playing off the interchange bench, playing in the middle third. Whatever he played, you knew he just did his job. Mm. I actually forgot about that Super League stint. Yeah, it was just weird, because everyone was loving Greg Eastwood. Greg Eastwood was a fan favourite of Brisbane, and that's Something to that's say saying that. something back then. Yeah, everyone hated them, but yet they enjoyed watching Greggy go. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you, I don't know, he just played whatever. He was just a footy player. Like, mm. You put him at fullback and he'll do a job. Well, not be as good as everyone else, but he always gave it his all. Uh, mm. You know, very much a reason we won the New South Cup Grand Final at, against Newtown. I wish I almost wish he kind of stayed with it. I knew South Cup side and the fact that he yeah. went and signed with Newtown afterwards, not with the Laurel Club, but actually had a Newtown New South Cup contract, just shows that he just loved playing footy. Yeah, and um, after his heart problems too. For him, it was just 
just wanted to keep playing for as, as the highest level he could for as long as he could. So fantastic. It's fantastic to see a player of his stature go back and give something back to the game at that level. It used to happen all the time in the 70s and 80s. Um, players would finish up in top grade and go back and play low reserve grade, train up the next generation. So it's quite good. Oh. How good would it be if you're a young player coming through the ranks at Newtown um, and getting to play with somebody like that? Yeah, no, it would be enormous. That would be absolutely mm. enormous because you're just sitting in the dressing rooms and you're pulling your, you know, your socks up. You, you know, you're playing whatever. You're getting ready for the game. You pop your head to your left and... Greg Eastwood, over 200 NRL games, just standing right there, being part of yeah. two grand finals. New Zealand international, mm-hmm. Greg Eastwood. That's a good old dog, Scotty. Yeah, Phil, thank you. I must say, I want to add a story. I've told people on the podcast before I did some uh, work with North Sydney Bears, and I'll tell you a story. We had a game against South at uh, Redfern Oval. By the way, impressive sheds. Impressive sheds at Redfern Oval. Uh, South have got a rule. Uh, most of you guys who are massive rugby league fans will know. Those who don't know, South Sydney have an NRL players sheds at Redfern Oval, so where the NRL players only can go, and then they have other, like three other sheds. Uh, one of them was used by the referees that day. One was used by South Sydney Rabbitohs jersey flag and New South Cup, and one was used by North Sydney, and we had to double up with Newtown, so two different clubs. And now that becomes difficult because once because I was doing with the flag. So they're versing South. The game was going half time. We had to get all our stuff out, so Newtown can come in and get prepped, and then we get we can use the showers. So my role was getting everything out. So it's, you name it, jerseys, extra jerseys, extra eskies, anything what was North Sydney Bears owned, mat signs, everything had to be put out. Newtown kind of came in. Kyle Flanagan was a part of that Newtown Jets sign he kind of he was he asked politely if he could come in and take a quick look as i was sitting down so he could stretch and stuff like that and he keep him in company but greg eastwood was also a part of that newtown jets team and as i was lifting an esky out struggling with a couple of eskies greg eastwood grabbed two massive eskies and moved them out and said do you need any other help and he said thank you so much for doing that it's never easy doing that at half time and he really appreciated that and i for that i was like what a legend what a legend. So there you go. That's a bit of a story about Greg Eastwood. That's a pretty good note to leave the uh, podcast this week, Scotty. So hit the socials out and yeah. that will do us. Twitter at NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Facebook, the NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. And our email is nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Everyone have a good week and hopefully we're going to win this weekend. <laughs>